Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Yeah! Yeah! ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Away we go. Thursdays during the NFL season, always so much fun. We'll talk to Todd Furman live in Vegas in 90 minutes. We will play McKnight at the movies. We've got football, baseball, basketball. The Big Ten coaches upset at Jim Harbaugh. I mean, we got a lot to cover today. Bob Knight has passed. Robert Montgomery uh, yeah. Knight. I've got a stack of stuff here, Yurko. Look at all this that I look at this. Look, look at all. There's highlighted stuff. There's stats. There's news and notes. I don't know where to begin, my friend. We should probably begin with Ryan Poles. You want to bring? You want to begin with Ryan Poles? Bears football is a good place to start. Yeah, Bears are out to an eight and a half I'm, point I'm, dog. You're right. I believe there will be an ode to Robert Montgomery Knight. You will think there's an ode uh, to Robert there Montgomery. There should be an original. An original. Do you have like an original ode that you've prepared? No, an ode like a, a salute to the great Robert Montgomery Knight. I mean, I didn't produce it or anything. Oh, like I that. thought maybe that's what you were talking about. No, a well, soliloquy back when coaches were coaches. You know, his be- and men well, were men. I don't know about when coaches were and coaches. sheep were afraid. Carm, yes, those days. <laughs> I don't know that it's ever been okay to always be demeaning uh, people and your players. Well, and just others, to think but... that you always demean everybody is wrong. Then you don't know the complexities of Robert Montgomery oh, Knight. I don't. Okay. If you think that's all he ever did. Did. No, I don't think that's all he ever did. You truly don't understand who, uh, who Robert Montgomery Knight I, was. I think he certainly got a kick out of that, though. He definitely got a rise out of making other people feel small. It didn't bother him. It no, I think he enjoyed it. It certainly didn't bother him, that's for sure. But the best let's thing start he, with Robert Poles. Well, I will, say the one, I will say real quick that, you know, the, the great ode, the, the only thing you ever really need to remember, like maybe the best line he ever delivered, was when he famously said... Uh, once, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, forgive me, I don't have this uh, verbatim. He said something to the effect of, once my time here on earth is past, yes. I want them bury me upside down so my critics can kiss my ass. Yeah. Like, yes. that is a great line. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. You know, whatever you thought about the guy. Yeah, like, exactly. It's that's a pretty great line. Yeah. Do you think it bothered him what people thought about him, or do you I think do he really didn't care? No, I don't think he cared at all. Okay. But I also, again, I think he got very much got a rise out of. And, you know, we know he worked for the company for a while. So we do know some firsthand stories. I think he definitely got a rise out of making other people feel small and belittling people. And, and I don't think that's a great trait. I do think the guy was a great basketball coach, especially from an X's and O's standpoint, which Carm. probably gets overshadowed because of his demonstrative behavior and his demeanor. But I think from a schematic, certainly an offensive schematic standpoint, I think Bob Knight was very... Clever, creative, and at times ahead of his time in his career. I can tell you this. He's a great basketball coach. He may not have been a great human being. Maybe. The rarity is the guy that is the great basketball coach and the great human being. You might be right about that. That's the rarity. That's the the exception. That's the, oh, my God, the .01%. Yeah. Because usually you can be a great human being and not a great basketball coach. Right? Yeah. You yeah. can be a great basketball coach, not a great human being. It's hard to get a combination of the two. That's yeah. That's what I'm going to tell you. 
Uh, you might be right about that. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, Bob Knight certainly because uh, you takes know with him a legacy. You know, Dookie guy over there, Shishovsky's oh, a little bit of a, a DB. Yes. If there's ever anybody that could be considered a DB that tries to pretend like he's not well, a DB, and that's what even makes sometimes it makes it right. worse. I don't least, disagree. At least, with you. But, at least not you knew. He wore his DB yeah. ness on his shoulder and yes. said, "This is who I am." Yes. If you like it, good. If you don't, who cares? I think Mike Shishovsky has tried to play. Or portray something yeah. else. And Cappy's boy, T.I. Izzo? Yes. Yeah. You see, he's a behind-the-scenes uh, yes. DB himself. Uh, yes. 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 Because sometimes that's what you've got to be. Yes. I've heard some stories about him. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at least Bob right, Knight so let's not sort pretend. Of was, yeah. you know, this is the way I am, like it or not. Um, all right, Ryan Poles talked to the media yesterday. And I, I thought driving home, listening to Waddle and Sylvia, I thought there was some interesting stuff in there. Um, I sometimes feel like we're listening to Theo or Jed Hoyer because I do think Ryan Poles tries to be upfront and honest as much as he can be, Eric. I don't know if you notice that when you hear him speak. I mean, you you compare and contrast to his head coach, uh, uh, Matt Eberflus. Uh, come on. You know, when we did this with Nagy, uh, Waddle used to call it the word salad. And maybe coaches are just more prone to this for whatever reason. It's the way they've come up. It's just talking in circles. and There's really no answer ever given. I think Ryan Poles is genuinely trying to lay it out for you, give you some answers, take you through the process. And so I appreciate that. And I thought there were a couple of interesting things to take away from his presser yesterday, including why they went out and traded for Montez Sweat right now. In terms of our process, um, really it was a situation where, you know, you try to forecast forward. Uh, you look at the draft potential. Our guys have been doing a really good job getting that information in. Uh, as well as free agency. And we felt like this was a really good opportunity to get ahead of that and get a, a top pass rusher in the building. And again, that's short term, but also for long term. Uh, we're currently working on getting a contract done now. So sort of what we had assumed as we worked through the early portion of the week and this happened. He was trying to jump the market again, the way he did with the wide receiver last year. Yes. That blew up in his face. I don't think this will. I don't think anybody thinks this is going to blow up in his face the way the Chase Claypool thing uh, did. Uh, you're getting a good player, and as he told you multiple times yesterday, they yeah. are working on a contract. And he also circled back to that later in the press conference. Jerk and said he does not think it'll be an issue and it'll take too long. I don't think we're going to get to March and they have to franchise. Right. I, I really don't. I, I don't think, think they'll get a deal done with Montez Sweat. I don't think it'll be an issue either. Uh, I, I think it's okay. And in essence, what he said, his college scouts can't find a guy that can rush the passer. The pro scouts don't think there's going to be anybody that hits the free agent market. Correct. There might be guys that are going to potential free agents, but the guys that actually hit the free agent market aren't going to be there. Brian Burns, so, right? Like, right. Not going to hit the, it. The pro personnel guys are telling you it's not going to happen. Right. And your college guys are telling you there's nobody out there that can rush the passer right now as good as the guy that's there. Yeah. So if we're going to do something, let's do something with this guy. There's a little bit more uh, yeah. just sort of segueing from, yeah. uh, yes. not even segueing, but just sort of continuing what he was saying about why they felt it's so necessary to go out and get sweat this week at the deadline. Yeah, I think it's capitalizing right now because you start to lose um, opportunities. Um, it's really hard to see, you know, it's like we talked about, like if you look at the free agent stack now, um, it's going to look very different by the time you get to, to that point of the year um, because there's so many different opportunities that can pop up in terms of extensions, tags, different things like that. So uh, we decided with that type of player, we want to capitalize on that now. And it definitely sounds like Atlanta was right there trying to get Montez Sweat. Well, I'm they sure. lost Grady Jarrett this week. They right. feel like they've got a good defense. 
and they're uh, in a, a lot, even though they're not a very good football team, York, they're in a lousy division. And they've remained competitive within that lousy division. So I think Atlanta was very much in on Montez Sweat. Remember, he is a Georgia kid. And that's why Ryan Poles deemed giving up a second-round pick was okay as long as they get this extension done, which I think they will. He was very open about the Jalen Johnson situation. You want to hear this? This is like a two-minute chunk. I do. And he's going to tell you in here, they were in L.A. before the Sunday night game while the rest of the NFL was playing Sunday, talking to his representatives and... He thought their conversations were going one way, and by the end of the day, he realized, whoa, I was maybe misreading this. We're not uh, so close to getting a deal done with Jalen Johnson. Take a listen to this, Yerk. Two, I got a lot of questions about Jalen. Um, first, Jalen and I have a really good relationship, uh, a lot of transparency. We sit down, we talk, we go through different things, um, and heard a lot about not wanting Jalen here long term. That couldn't be further from the truth. Um, he knows that we want him here. Um, and we've talked about that. Our process there, I'll, I'll just kind of pull back on that whole deal. Anytime we do an extension, I bring players in to sit down and have a conversation to really go over what an extension looks like. What does it feel like? Because the biggest thing is you can take things personal when you're negotiating um, through an agent. So there's the club side starts one side, the agent starts the other, and you try to find that sweet spot in the middle to get the deal done. And in that, in that sense, you can take it personal. And the big thing I want our guys and the guys here to be able to come in my office and talk about if they feel disrespected in any way, and we can talk through it to go, because it, it's a tough situation. So I want them to know that my phone's on, my door's open, we can talk through that. So we've been able to do that with Jalen and, and go through that process. Um, really, with that one, we've exchanged a couple times. And it was one of those situations, a lot of times it happens when you exchange emails back and forth with deals, Tone can be misunderstood. Emotions can be misunderstood. We all know that. I'm sure we've all texted. It's like, no, I didn't mean it to be that way. So um, on Sunday, we met with his side, uh, had really good uh, meetings in L.A. I thought we made progress. Uh, I I texted my group. I'm like, we'll be able to get this deal done uh, in a matter of days. We come back from the trip, and uh, his team wants to explore uh, a trade situation. So I'm, I'm fine with that, but I brought Jalen in. We sat down. We talked about it. I granted permission to do that. Here's the thing. I'm not – I don't want to lose Jalen Johnson. If I were to lose Jalen Johnson, I would like to have a high percentage of hitting on another Jalen Johnson, which to me is a late first and it's an uh, early second. Um, so really simple there. That didn't happen. So we are still open to getting a contract done, and I'm going to follow Jalen's lead on how he wants to go about doing that. But we're still open. And again, Jalen and I have talked as recently as today. I thought that was a pretty high level, uh, some high level transparency there in terms of, you know, how, what, you know, normally guys want to say about what's happening within their organization. And to hear Ryan Pohl say on Sunday afternoon, he told his people, we're, we're close with Jalen. We'll get a deal done. Next couple days. And then a day later, his agent saying, nope, we want to explore trade options. And Pohl's granting him that option, but then yep. saying, this is what I'm asking for. Make no mistake. We need a first round, a late first round, or early second round pick. I got to be able to replace Jalen. And when that didn't materialize, Jalen Johnson obviously didn't get traded. But to hear Ryan Pohl say we thought we were close and then all of a sudden we don't know what happened, he went on to say best and finals were never exchanged. So I think he was genuinely surprised at the way it kind of turned early in the week. I don't know what Jalen Johnson's asking for, to be honest. Polls really wouldn't go there when he was pressed on it, but he said... We don't um, know how big the gap is because best and final line. has yeah. not 
you'd cross the line if you started to gush. Uh, oh, for sure. The, the actual negotiations are happening. Not, then you cross the line. I hear so. you. Yeah, I hear you. You can't do that. Right. Just thought you had yourself a room, uh, people in the room that were on the same page, were heading in the right direction, and all of a sudden that direction took a, a, a sharp left. Yeah. That's what happens sometimes in negotiations. Do you think they could still? I mean, I, it sounds like they genuinely want to try to keep him, though, right? I mean, I think they want Jalen Johnson on this roster. If they can it get sounds it, like it, right? It, it sounds like it, but yeah. you, you know, the disparity between the top guy and the tenth guy is seven seven million dollars. Hmm. Average salary per year. Hmm. The first guy to the tenth guy, seven million dollars. It's a lot of room, Carm. Yeah, that's interesting. Who's the top guy right now? Top guy's twenty three. I think it's Jair Alexander. Oh, is it Jair? Okay, and the tenth yeah. guy, I don't know. It's just some guy. Okay. And he's making fifteen point like nine eight eight, you know, something like that. Okay. So you're looking at your seven million right there. Polls said something yesterday about the coach. Sylvie and I had the same exact reaction to this because as I was listening, I was thinking to myself, "Hmm, interesting." Sylvie came out when the polls press conference was done and said the same thing. I texted him right away. I said. I thought that was strange, too. And in case you missed that, we'll play it coming up next. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. I'll ask Yurko to uh, to try to parse through this and break it down and see what it really means. If you want to join us, talk Bears, 312-332-3776. Anything about Week 9, we barely have gotten into this matchup because it's been a wild week. Not that these matchups matter all that much anymore. I mean, we're talking about another 2-6 and six football team. They're more than a touchdown underdog on the well, road. we've been wrapped up in the World Series, oh, too. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, tra- <laughs> He's such a smart ass. Uh, we've been so, like, into trade deadline and sweat and why is there no extension and another coach fired and all that stuff. So we haven't really even gotten into the matchup. We'll do a little of that. We'll talk about the best matchups, including the Germany game, standalone game on Sunday, which is one of the marquee matchups of the entire NFL schedule. Forget about just week nine. The Dolphins and the Chiefs from Germany. We'll talk about that game and some of the other big ones with Todd Furman live in Vegas at 135. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Don't forget to hang with Yurko and me tomorrow. Southside Tinley Park, Buffalo Wild Wings for the latest installment of our football feast series this football season. A lot of Fridays out and about with B-dubs and Miller Lite. $5 $5 Miller Lights, delicious wings, great nachos. God, I love those chicken nachos. We had them in Berwyn last week. The Miller Light will be cold, and there will be free Bears tickets that you can win by coming by to hang with us. Noon to 2.30, mañana. Wrap the week with us Southside in Tinley Park at Buffalo Wild Wings. Love these football feasts, man. And the next Friday, we got another remote. It's not a B-dubs remote. It's not a football feast, but... Next Friday, after the Bears are done in uh, Week 10 playing the Panthers. The Panthers? It's nice. Which Brady had the... Pete, is it Peter, Peter Brady? Brady. The Panthers? Peter what the Brady. hell was that? After they're done playing the Panthers to kick off Week 10, oh, we're going to be at 93 Octane Brewery. We always have fun with the Pride Stores and 93 Times Octane. to change. Isn't that the song that they were all singing I together? think it was. Time yeah. to change. change. The Bears and the Panthers. Yeah, there's a 1970s reference that I none know. of the uh, millennials will get. Yes. Or Generation X or Z or Y. Or no, no, P. I'm X. Z, I, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm X. I'm Generation I don't know. X. I don't care. I think you're X and I'm X. I think we, like, you're the beginning of it and I'm the end of it. 67? 
I think you're the very beginning, I'm the very end. But I might be wrong about that. Congratulations to us. Thanks, Yerk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to hear Ryan Poles? One more I want to play for you. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear him talk about Matt Eberflus? Why not? Tell me if this surprises you, okay? All right, go ahead. This is, uh, why is Eberflus still the right coach for the job? Yeah, and I get the question. You think? He, what I see on a, every, every day where I see him address the team and I see his approach through adversity, it is stable, man. And I know in the outside world it doesn't look like that, and I know it looks like we're far away, but this dude comes in every day and just keeps chipping away. He has high integrity. The people that he brings in here, he's done the work to make sure that they're the people they're supposed to be. Again, we hold that standard. If it doesn't follow that and, and, and people aren't acting that way, they're not here. But the way that he holds holds everything down here is incredible for how loud it is, how tough it is. I mean, this team, you could watch them. They fight. I know this past weekend wasn't great, but you yeah. can't watch that team and be like, oh, they're going to fold. Most teams fold, and they're not folding. It's been hard. It's been really hard, especially from where we started last year, trying to build this into it the right way. What I see from him on a daily basis and how he gets his team ready on a weekly basis, to me, I see a grown man that has leadership skills to get this thing out of the hole and into where it needs to be. I think, I, be, I think as a general manager, you got to be a positive during the year. Okay. And That's then not a little over the top? Ultimately, you have to make a decision – at the end of the year, on whether you want him moving forward. Hmm. So to support your guy during the middle of the season is fine. Did he point out some of the things that might be traits of Eberflus? Yes. Positive guy comes in with a message. He's steadfast. How many times do you need to hear about the hits principle? Hits principle. Hits, right? Steadfast. Stubborn. I wouldn't say stubborn. Um just has his philosophy and stays with his philosophy. And just because you're always positive and you're always bringing your message doesn't mean you're a good football coach. And ultimately, that'll be judged. At the end of this year, it'll be judged. So don't read too much into it now in week nine. I wouldn't. Four four and uh, 13 and five and 12 does not bring you back. I'm sorry. Three. They won three last year. I know what they did last year. I'm, t- I'm projecting this oh, year. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm projecting. You know, I'm yeah, five t- and 12. Nine more games. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there's three more victories in there somewhere. Abdallah said that earlier. He goes, do you think there's three more wins on the schedule? I mean, in the NFL, sure. No, they're there. Look, uh, the Saints, I got news for everybody. Uh, they're four and four. They've played the easiest strength of schedule in the NFL. I do think their defense is pretty good. I, certainly their coverage defense is good. Uh, the Saints aren't all that impressive. It's still Derek Carr. It's still a red zone offense that, uh, by and large, has been miserable. And that's not just on Derek Carr. It's mostly been a play-calling issue. They were a little bit better in Indy last week. Now, they took advantage of Indy last week. But most of that was on the heels of just some huge explosive plays, thanks to uh, the second-year speedster, Rashid Shahid. That kid can fly, Yurko. And I mean, he can he can, he can absolutely fly. fly. Yeah. Like he's Tyreek Hill fast. I mean, he oh, just he is. Yeah, three, out, of the, out of this world fast. Three catches for a buck fifty one. He's got a touchdown via the punt return game already this year. Uh, he's got a couple other touchdowns. He's got two of the fastest. I think he's got two of the top eighteen miles per hour sprint speeds in the league this year. Both were touchdowns. One was on his punt return touchdown. One was on one of his receiving touchdowns. Sure, he can get behind a defense. So watch out. But 
you know, Michael Thomas doesn't separate like he once did. No. 124 eligible wide receivers, Yurko, right now through right. week eight in the NFL. He's wide receiver number 123 Who's in average separation. Him? Who's behind uh, him? Again, I'll give you one. Get The guy that we've talked about for years that can't get any separation. Devontae Parker. Yeah. The only player behind him, and that's a no-brainer because he can't get away from anybody, and he never has been able to get away from anybody. Who's number one? In terms of separation, yeah. off the top of my head, I'd have yeah. to, it's usually tight ends, um, believe it or not. Because uh, they're usually taking advantage of zones. Uh, let me, I'll, I'll get it for you we'll real quick here, but yeah, and I can maybe tease it out to look at receivers. Usually the yeah. tight ends have the biggest separation. You'll find Kelsey and a lot of the good tight ends, but I'll, I'll look at it for you. But, um, my point was that like, believe it or not, <laughs> most games in this league, even when you're bad are winnable, right? Like, yes, the bears are catching eight and a half. It's not an insurmountable task for them to go down there. Now, what I've seen out of the bears doesn't give me great confidence. So can you find eight, five more wins or three more wins? I don't know. At what point does that stop mattering? Like, well, what is a win against New Orleans going to do for all of us? I'm just, and I'm, I'm being honest. Like, well, I'm not saying okay. I'm cheering for losses, then but like, is what, what is a win against New Orleans in week nine mean you, for us you, when you're two you and six? You heard them dissect it, and they said they're two and two in their last four. Yeah. So you got to break it down. In the, say if you did it, we used to do it in quarters. You break it down into quarters. Try to go three and one in all your quarters. You end up 12 and four. Right. That's what you try to do. Good year. So if you break it down in the quarters, they're 0 and four in their first quarter. Miserable. Two and two. What if in this next quarter they can go three and one? Right? Not, not, what tells you they can go three and one? Nothing. Nothing tells me they can go three and one. But I've watched Detroit. Other than it's the NFL? Crap to bed. <laughs> right. We all watched Detroit crap to bed two weeks ago. Uh, we've watched the Bills crap to bed. Right. We've, we've, we've seen teams crap to bed. <laughs> Absolutely. So you just got to give teams an excuse to crap to bed. That's yeah. what you've got to do. And that's what the Bears got to be in charge of. So say they go two and two, two and two, two and two, three and one. Now all of a sudden you're sitting there with seven victories with one game left to play against the Green Bay Packers. Mm, and you're seven and nine. Right, you're seven and nine, oh, and you're scratching your head, going, "Geez, how'd they end up seven and nine? Right. Then you beat the Packers at the end of the year to go eight and nine. So they and broke it like down 17th. into quarters. That would suck. This is the start <laughs> of the third quarter for the Bears. Then go two and two. They go three and one in a much more favorable schedule late in the year, where teams may not want to win. The Bears might not necessarily be in that because they're trying to build. A team, they're trying to get the sense of what it's like, the taste in their mouth of what it's like to win. Mm. And if they can get that going, now all of a sudden you find yourself 8-9 where many people didn't think they would be. You want me to paint you a scenario where Eberflus stays? Do we want that scenario? doesn't make a difference if you want it or not. It means that they believe. Oof. The team is believing. It's tasting that sweet nectar of victory. Dalen's in Milwaukee on ESPN 1000. Hey, Dalen. My boys, how we doing today? What's up, Dalen? Good, good. Hey, I was kind of thinking about it after you guys had started talking about uh, Iberflus and they played that clip from Poles. Um, last year, we didn't really expect much, right? Like 3-12, and 12, it's almost like you give Iberflus a free pass. And obviously, with all the moves that happened this year, you hope to see better. But I guess my question is, how much of this do we really put on Iberflus versus maybe Luke Getty as a play caller? And... If we do take some of that burden off of Iberflus and put it on Getty as a play caller, then I guess what other areas, if any, can you sort of give them a pass? I mean, you look at some of the things that have happened surrounding the team this year. You had a defensive coordinator, whoever it was, give whatever that was in the first couple of weeks, right? And then just yesterday there was something else that broke. So 
I feel like with all the distractions that this man has had to deal with, all the sort of problems that he's had to face coming into this, I mean, you want to see better than six and whatever, but it's like all things considered, like what more could you really ask for? Is this just me being uh, an eternal optimist? I'll hang up and see what you guys got to say. Thanks, Dalen. Uh, I, I don't know what I could point to that is a strength of 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 Matt Eberflus. I, I guess maybe what Poles was um, hinting at, that he comes in and he's prepared and he's steadfast and he's still got guys. Does he still have guys believing? Okay, maybe. that That's a nice trait. That's except, a nice quality. Except for L.A. where it seemed like things, you know, he had to use that as the exception. Well, except for in L.A. where it didn't look like things were actually going. I don't, know. I, I don't know what has he done well. There's I, nothing again, creative about his defense. It, it, There's nothing a, overly dominant. It's a results-oriented business. It is. That's it. And so there, it'll all matter with the results. At the end of the day, I'm that's telling you, it. If he's at eight, it's going to be hard to say goodbye because there was an improvement. If he's at five, there was a small improvement, it'll but be not easy enough. to say goodbye. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Rob in Lake Bluff. Hey, Rob. Hey, guys. Great show. Love, love you guys. Love the show. Um, a couple quick points here. Uberflus pulls concerns with some of the comments he's saying. He should have just said, you know what, we don't talk about head coaching hirings in the middle of the season, and the Bears have never done that. To say Uberflus, he hires quality guys. He does? No. <laughs> doesn't, guys doesn't, just, you're fired. doesn't guys, appear to be. Guys that just case. fold. NFL players don't fold. They get paid. So players play hard, and that's what they should do. To say this crap, if he doesn't win at least six games, he needs to be gone. Yeah, I don't even know if six would get save it. I don't know. Rob, thanks. Appreciate it. Three one two three three two ESPN. That's the number. Ring us up. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko sixty four. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Todd Furman live in Vegas an hour from now. We'll play McKnight at the movies at 1.15. All right, Yurk, a vast majority of Big Ten coaches expressed their frustration with the ongoing signal-stealing investigation in Michigan in a video call with Commissioner Tony Petiti on Wednesday. Tony Petiti. 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 Like that. Is that Italian card, Petiti? Sounds Italian. Yeah. The call, which took 90 minutes... Included nearly an hour without Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, who hung up after the regularly scheduled Big Ten business to allow the conference's coaches to speak freely. According to five sources, wow, uh, familiar with the call, a chorus of voices encouraged Petiti to take action against Michigan uh, in a call that was described as both intense and emotional. Collectively, the coaches want the Big Ten to act right now. Now, we want a source familiar with the call. What are we waiting on? We know what happened. So who are those teams, depending upon Big Ten standings? Ohio State. Oh, you would think, yes. They would be against it right away. It's funny how all of a sudden, maybe, uh, the, what are we, when are we tracing these visits to, these tickets, the last two years? All of a sudden, you can beat uh, Ohio State? It's interesting. I still, I still can't get into, like, oh, this is such an egregious form of cheating. I mean, I, I can't. I can't get there. I have to imagine if you really wanted to, you could like pop on the the videotape of the TV broadcast and figure it all out. Like I just I can't I can't get there. Like this is how he's beaten Ohio State all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, I don't buy it. I don't it's buy fine. it. I don't buy it. Uh, Ohio State probably, maybe Penn State. 
Maybe. Certainly. God, the West stinks. It stinks. The West. Well, you know, this is it. This is the last year. Thank God. You know, like Wisconsin and Iowa have one more shot at uh, you know limping into the Big Ten title game. It should be redone the East and West every single year. I mean, that's what you're going to do. No, I think it's done. Remember when they had the champions and the remember leaders and legends. Leaders and legends. Oh, which was your favorite? The leaders or the legends? Leaders. Was so one of them named after was Patino? Who? And they were like, oh, well, we got yeah, to change that. change this, yeah. I don't remember, Chris. Who was who? Yeah, I don't remember. It, it should be stacked by the way they finished at the end of the year. You know, one, two, the evens and the odds. Yeah, the, 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 I one think it's done One and one, two and three, anyway. four and the other one. Are you saying split the divisions each season? Each season, yes. Well, they've, they've exactly gone back. Saying. They're just a conference now. Right, yeah. it's just going to be a conference. So, yeah. It's just the top two, but yeah, but they're not playing thirteen. Can't you games say the same? Can't you say the same thing about what's happened in the SEC that yeah. Georgia's had the benefit in the East? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's the same thing. The West well, is tougher. If you do it by a uh, geographical, like splitting it based on where the locations are, it's never going to be fair in the Big Ten because most of the right. high power schools are East. Right, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan get all yeah. the best recruits, don't they? Yeah, for the most part. For yeah. the most part. Hist- historically speaking. Until next year. Like, like the problem with the Big Ten the last 10 years is that Wisconsin and Iowa have not been better. Right. If Wisconsin and Iowa were better, then the the imbalance of the conference wouldn't be so glaring. Yes, but that's true. Does that, that's Ferentz the problem. Have, does Kirk Ferentz have another son to hire? Did I read that they've told Brian Ferentz he will be done? Or was that yeah, like an they, onion yeah, headline? he resigned. The, so he's so, resigning. Well, the, the athletic director... Uh, kicked into, I guess his contract had specific benchmarks okay. that the Iowa offense had to hit, like 25 points per game, uh, which Five she has already come game. out and said they're not getting there. He's not returning. Okay, so he will be out. So the nepotism yeah. will start to come to an end, and uh, I'm sure Iowa fans I, are rejoicing. I think Kirk Ferentz has impregnated a young woman, and he's going to have his new <laughs> offensive coordinator this, coming in 21 years. These are scurrilous rumors. He went back in time. <laughs> he pulled a Terminator. Yeah. And went back in time. I can't believe you just and, Marty uh, McFly. He's yeah. Marty McFly. He jumped in with 1.21 gigawatts of power, Carm. He's been grooming a son he, that we don't know he about. He went back and, and, and inseminated a handful John. of young ladies so they could all be uh, Ferences that he could coach on his staff. Oh, my God. You're terrible. These are just uh, outlandish and outrageous. <laughs> you sure you can't go back in time, Carm? Do you, do you guys I know the answer? So. When uh, UCLA and Washington and USC and they all joined the Big Ten, is that – are they – are they going back to divisions, or is it just going to so. be one massive one conference, conference in the top two I teams? It. I thought it was yeah. one conference, duke it out. I don't top. remember. I and thought that's what's four. happening. I thought the East yeah. and the West were going away. And the Big bottom Ten four. eliminating East-West divisions in 2024. Starting yeah. next year. Yep. Are, okay. we, um, are we then relegating the bottom four to high school football? No, they can't, they can't do that. Do that. No, they Maybe one double-A. Uh, they have to go to the MAC. Division you know, you got to go to the MAC. What's funny about that is college football – with the SEC and the Big Ten essentially trying to acquire everyone. Right. At some point, don't you think the two of those conferences are going to merge into a super conference? And, and then you could start to suggest that some form of relegation should be used in college football. Well, what if they form some like sort of alliance with those two conferences, Chris? They yeah. ditch the NCAA and they say, we're going to do our own playoff. Right. The We've idea got, was we, floated. You know, with, wasn't the idea floated between the Pac-12 and the Mountain West that there yes. would be relegation pack 12 like and yeah. this, this was like floated to commissioners and like everybody like this was a legit thing that they were talking about you can actually do it in college football you I, have enough teams you have enough uh yeah like the problem is for the rest of american sports 
the lower levels are owned by the professional teams to begin with. So you could never have some form of Major League Baseball team being relegated to Triple A because the Triple A teams are all owned by the clubs themselves. Yes. So and- you're, could you could you set up a situation where it's relegation in college football? I'd love to. But where are they being yeah. relegated I mean, to, though? Like, well, you would be relegated to, to, to so, to the, the, like you the said, Carm, they would create a super conference, right? and they would be in this separate conference. Now, you would have to assume, because it's the SEC and Big Ten, they're making the most television money. Therefore, mm. that would be desirable for teams to get into yeah. said conference. Right. So your bottom yeah. ten teams get regulated, and your other ten teams get promoted. I do wonder if, like, we get to a day. What's the standard, though? That's what you got to ask yourself. What's the standard? Uh, Like, what if the top 25, at the end of the season, top 25, the 5, 20 through 25, get removed, and 25 through 30 get put into And they can compete in the playoff, and they can compete for more bowl money. Yes. If if the bowls even stick around, like, if if they ditch the NCAA... And they start their own thing, and they do their own playoff system. It really wouldn't be part of the bowl system, would it, Yerk? Because the NCAA owns yeah. that bowl system. Is that right? I don't know a lot about like some of these things on college football. I, I just like watching it, but I, you know, you need like Rever for this or, or Reese Davis or somebody to, because I don't know all the ins and outs and the nuance. But would that would that bowl system cease to exist as we know it? And if like if the Big Ten and the SEC, like, look, let's face it, and it, they're going to have like the top 30 teams, the top 30 programs in the country, basically. Right. If they yeah. just said, the hell with you, we're going to be our own entity. We'll do our own playoff. Everybody will watch because you are watching Ohio State and Michigan and Alabama and LSU and Georgia and Florida State and Florida, if they can get back on track, and Texas, right? Oklahoma. You're like, USC, you're just watching those powerhouse schools yeah. compete in their own playoff. That's where the eyes and the dollars ultimately would go. I will tell you, I think Notre Dame always makes a mistake no, not being part of Big Ten. Uh, and Notre Dame would be part of, I would think, some sort of super. You know, if you're going right. to do this, you're not doing it without Notre Dame. Right, I but mean, at some point, they can't just remain their independence. they no. got to become part of the group. I would think so. Yeah, you can't just do what you want to do all the time. I would think, Yerk. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Uh, let's go to Chase on the south side. What's up, Chase? Hey, I'm the fellas. How you guys doing? Good, man. How are good, you? Good. I'm okay. Um, so, listen, Um, I just make this obvious, right? And, Yurko, you can back me up on this, right? There is a way for them to turn this around, but I feel like in order for this to get in the right direction, they and look, you can get offensive linemen, you can get a D-line, linebacker, wide receiver, but the main focus is to get the quarterback position right. Hmm. I mean, look – I mean, if you don't get the quarterback position right, you ain't going nowhere. Yes. I mean, if you look at all – I mean, it all starts with the quarterback, offensive line, D-line. Those are the three positions you have to be good at. Um, Yurko, you agree with me, right? That oh, yes. The, the last teams, the teams that have won championships are the teams that have sustained success over the last several years. They've always had a good quarterback – Great offensive line and a great great defensive line. That's where it always starts. That's where it always will be. Like the Cincinnati Bengals for years were a joke of the league. And how they turn it around? They finally got a quarterback, yeah. and now look where they are now. The yeah. Chiefs are the same thing. They finally got a quarterback. Look where they are now. It's always going to be the quarterback. That's it. Doesn't look. matter who you get playing wide receiver. It doesn't matter who you get at quarterback. 
you have to get the quarterback right. That's yeah. where all yeah. these points start. Yeah. And when the quarterback Thanks, struggles, it's usually because there's been injuries on the offensive line or you haven't addressed the offensive line. That's uh, where yeah. the QB struggles. Yeah. yeah. Chase isn't wrong. I mean, look at the look at the final four. All right? Look at Championship Sunday for the last twenty years. And and the the people listening, the fans listening don't they don't really need to go look. They know. When they think back over this century of Championship Sunday, they know. Peyton, Brady, Big Ben, Rogers, Mahomes, Burrow. No secret, folks. Are there an outlier or two in there? Of Always. course. Flacco. Of course. Like if a sure. outlier. A Flacco will pop. Like I, I get it. Like there's gonna be an outlier or two. But think about it for a second. What has Championship Sunday this century been littered with? You know, the names that I just mentioned. Yeah. And the other Manning, Eli. Uh, and even Eli. I mean, He's more of the uh, yeah, outlier. Yeah, yeah he but, is. You know, but Eli was still a good quarterback, I think we'd say. I mean, you know, if, like, if you're always spinning your wheels and searching, of course you're not building anything sustained. Right. And it's why I agree with Courtney. And she, she, we didn't talk about it with Courtney yesterday. Waddle and Sylvie were discussing it with her on Tuesday. And I kind of hinted uh, this to you earlier in the week, Eric. Like, it just seems surprising if the Bears are sitting there come April with a couple of these picks in the top five. Just seems unlikely, regardless of what Justin does when he comes back. I'm serious. It just seems very unlikely that Ryan Poles is going to be like, no, we don't need to draft one of these quarterbacks. I, I just don't see that happening. Now, do you have to get the right one? Yeah. Like you pointed it out. Sometimes it's 20%. Yeah, sometimes one it's five. one of five, and the you, other times it's three of five. You better be good at your job. But, like, I just can't see him letting this opportunity go by in the spring if they've got a couple of these high picks where he's like, now nah, we're good. We don't need one of these quarterbacks. I just can't see that happening. 312-332-3776. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. My daughter asked me just the other day, uh, it's, a, it's a question that comes up, Yurko. If you could only eat one food. Yeah. You know, she, I tell, she loves pasta, my daughter. And I said, uh, we were talking about what we love. If, you could, said, only if you could only have one food, food, I said, oh, it's easy. It's pizza. If like, and I don't mean like a type, not Italian or Chinese right, or Mexican right. or Cuban. about something specific. Or, 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 yes, yes. If you got to pick one item, and I said it's easy. It's pizza. Oh, I tell you what would be close though. Chicken and waffles would be close. That's my number one. I, I love chicken and waffles, Yurko. And well, that makes sense too. Well, I, pizza you can have a thousand different ways. You can. So as long as it's pizza, you can do it a thousand. Yeah, you different can be ways. a little creative. We once went on a trip to the great state of Tennessee, and I ate nothing but chicken and waffles for every single meal. Amen. Every single meal. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, I only bring that up because uh, our friends at Fry the Coop, we love Fry the Coop. We've been telling you about them for years, and now they've blown up. They have a new sandwich, uh, as I understand it, hitting uh, the market tomorrow, Adam. Is that right? Adam and Black are... 
always t- they're tight with the Fry the Coop guys. There's a new chicken and waffle sandwich coming out. Is so that right? tomorrow is National Sandwich Day, oh. and for National Sandwich Day, right. Fry the Coop is going to have a five dollar sandwich special at their locations in Westtown, Oaklawn, Tinley Park, Darien, Elmhurst, and Prospect Heights. Nice. They're having a five dollar what they're calling the Swaffle Sandwich. Yes, it is one of their hot chickens Ooh. on in between two waffles. Oh. And it it's amazing. Fabulous. Let me tell you, it's it, got it's got spicy butter and it's sir- and warm maple syrup on the side. Oh my god! I mean, it's it's del- it's my dream sandwich, and now it's a reality for one day, one day only. It's so, only five bucks, so it's a one day. It's like a one off for tomorrow. So one go off for get tomorrow. it tomorrow, and that's it. Yeah, in those locations that I mentioned, uh, Westtown, Oaklawn, Tinley Park, Darien, Elmhurst, and Prospect Heights. Wow. It is five dollars only for National Sandwich Day. Go get the chicken and waffle sandwich. They're just calling it the Swaffle. That sounds good to me. I mean, a waffle uh, as the bread. Come on. With the fried chicken in the middle with honey butter and maple syrup. Jesus. Uh, Speaking of Fry the Coop, uh, Dahl and I will be at the Westtown location on Sunday for a NFL. Well, I can't say that. uh, A professional football (laughs) watch party. A team from Chicago will be playing a team from New Orleans. Yeah, a a professional football watch party. Oh, so you guys are going for the game? Yeah, yes, yes. All right, awesome. The team from from the the team from New Orleans against the team from Chicago. Yes, we will be there this Sunday watching football, the professional version. That is great. uh, This Sunday and eating some uh, awesome chicken. I love it. You guys got a whole fry the coop weekend. I know. We'll be drinking some pipeworks beer they're be chicken great. versus unicorns so shout out to pipeworks for I like uh, chicken the west town location has a full service bar we'll be yeah, drinking so we'll pipeworks. Be they got tvs they got everything right. the, the a game will be on I between a chicago team and a new orleans team of the professional variety that's all i'm saying <laughs> i don't know what they're playing but it's something you could say they're what playing, they're playing football they're playing with a pigskin. Uh, <laughs> yes, go see Black and Abdallah for Sunday's game at the Westtown location at Fry the Coop. Black and Abdallah on the night 7 to 8. That'll follow Bears Weekly 6 to 7 after Waddle and Sylvie. Let's add a Joey G in Melrose Park. Oh, did I hit the right line? Yes, uh, I did. What up, Joey? Joey G. Juicy combo, sweet and hot tomorrow for well, me. That's a good one, too. There's nothing wrong with a great uh, combo. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, my first question is, uh, I didn't like uh, Poles' uh, evaluation of Eberflus, it's kind of scaring me. And it's scaring Cap a little bit, too. He didn't like it at all. It's scaring everybody. Is there a chance? Is there a chance we hire a new head coach and the Bears keep Eberflus for the defensive coordinator? Uh, I doubt it. That would That's be unlikely, Joey. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a tough thing to ask a head coach to do. Yeah, yeah. step down. And, 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 and that's tough to do to a new head coach coming in. Very tough. Yeah. Did yeah. you guys hear the rumor uh, that Florio started from oh, Pro, Football Talk, uh, no. Pro Football Talk? What's he doing now? That the Commanders might be working on a trade I saw this. for Bill Belichick. Hmm. And I only say this because if the Bears bring in a new coaching staff, Ron Rivera would then be available. He'd be a good D.C.? I love Ron Chico. Rivera as a person. I would not Chico. want Ron Rivera as the Bears head coach. Chico. I uh, can't do it. I mean, Ron's, Ron's, I think Ron's kicking extra points uh, Ron. against the Eagles to tie games. Singletary. On the road. What about uh, D.C., though? D.C., I would do it in yeah. a heartbeat. I want him to yeah, I figured that, that heartbeat. you guys would understand that I wasn't suggesting head coach. No, 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 no. no. But you know Bears <laughs> no. fans are going to say that. But I'm no, telling you. No, you, you guys got it all wrong. You can't do it. I, I see a, a coaching staff that consists of 
Chico Rivera, Singletary, Leslie Frazier. Let's bring them all back. Olin, Olin can coach uh, line. Bears. Olin can come in. Big Cat can come in. You're being silly. Bears. Bears. You, you forgot the most important one. Who's going to be out there with the wide receivers? Tom Waddle. Tom Waddle. Tommy. 85 Bear champion. Tommy. 85 Bear Tom Waddle. Yeah. <laughs> Bears. All Shit. former Bears. Really? done that in a while? I'm just staff. There's going to be some fresh blood that I'm like, the phones are going to start ringing because I feel like we haven't done this in a while. What's your favorite uh, 85 Waddle moment? Oh, that game against the Rams across the middle. Yeah. He got the snot knocked out of him, but he made the catch. Awesome. That's why he's the best. So good. Oh, the phones are already starting to ring. It was so good. You go, Waddle. 85 Bear. Bears. Yeah, Waddle. 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 <laughs> you have lost your mind. Listen, we're. I, I keep thinking about it every time, but it, it rang true after uh, they won. There wasn't uh, a scandal going on at the uh, little college up north. We'd be full of Fitz oh, calls. Oh, my God. Full. We would be full uh, of Fitz I, I, calls. I, and I don't know if I could handle it, to be honest. You know, we, we would. Fitzy. You know. Well, Strong they, win uh, against they, Maryland. Haven't uh, they won more games this year without him than the, like the last two combined? Yes. What are we talking about? You know, like, Fitzy. Oh, boy. Thank goodness. Coming up, more football conversation. Best bets with Todd Furman. An update from Pauly Cheesecake. McKnight at the movies. And I got a few fun things for Yurko to wrap the World Series now that it's over. I'm the baseball How season. am I going to make it? Well, but it's more There's fun. No more that baseball. Like, We're not breaking down baseball. I get you, no but worry. how am I going to make it? There's no more baseball. Carmen and Yurko. When's the hot stove league start? Uh, next <laughs> week. We're back in two minutes.